waiting it out just a little bit longer, it was like, I got faster, then I got slower. And then I got significantly faster because I suddenly like hit all the way of that like caterpillar to a butterfly moment. <laughs> it's no longer about the speed and strength and timing. Of course, you you still need to train that. So we, we add some stimulus with some of those things. But then you start to take that for granted. And you're kind of like, oh, another hard workout. But when you first come back, you're so grateful for the opportunity. So I think being able to adopt that mindset really can stem from a place of, of heavy gratitude. When I realized that I was like, okay, like I'm going all in on my organization called the believe initiative. And it's filling me up now. Like it is truly like, it's my whole day. And I love what I get to do for me. Like if we think back to the beginning, that coach who saw me in high school and said, you need to do track and field. Like that coach believed in me before I ever believed in myself. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited that you're here today with me, listening, watching on your drive home from work, on your workout, on your meditation. Maybe we are here for you to fall asleep. Whatever you're doing, I'm super grateful. And I hope you're not just listening. I hope you're taking notes. I hope you are ready to to make your life a little bit better and become what you are striving for. I'm a big believer in goals. I've written a book about it. And I I think it's so important to have goals, but the goals has to come from yourself, not from your mom, your dad, or anybody else. Look into yourself. What do I really want? What, what will make me happy? And if you don't know that, Go out and explore. You know, uh, try new things. Uh, see where, see what makes you tick. And it's an exciting journey to be alive and to be able to overcome these hurdles. And speaking of hurdles, we have an amazing guest today. But before before I am going to talk about hurdles with her, uh, I also want to say thank you to Remarkable. I have written down my goals basically since I was 15 years old and always, always believe in the the magic of putting pen to paper. And I never wrote down my goals on my computer or my phone. Uh, But now with the Remarkable, I actually write them down on on the Remarkable because it's a pen to paper, just digital. So if you want to look cool and and do something more modern, check out the Remarkable and uh, specifically Remarkable too. It's it's an amazing tool and you, you don't get the light from from all the screens that are out there today and making us crazy and wanna want us to, you know, just look for, for validation all the time. So speaking of hurdles again, I have an amazing, amazing guest here today. Her name is Sarah Wells. She's an Olympian. She has worked tirelessly to become great at her sport. And now she's sharing her tools with the world in order for them to believe more in themselves. She's super cool. She even has a tattoo uh, with the uh, with the words "believe" on her wrist, and she did that tattoo uh, when when she was 
qualifying for the Olympics, correct me if I'm wrong, and when she actually went to the Olympics that she decided to put the rings under. And that's just one thing that when you have a goal and you, you make it real, I mean, writing, speaking about writing down your goals, right? Putting it as a tattoo on your, on your wrist is, is pre- pretty badass. So without further ado, Sarah Wells, welcome to the I Love Success podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah, so heart to heart um, between you and me, I know you were pretty much cut from all the sports teams in school. And how did you find the love for sports after that? Yeah, so you're right. I, even though I am now an Olympic athlete, people don't believe me when I tell them I sucked at sports. I really, really did. I wanted to find some type of sport that would be a sense of belonging, that would, you know, I'd be part of something. I would be able to find friends in that group. And I think as high school students, we all want that. And when I went out for basketball and volleyball and soccer and badminton and like all the sports, I got cut from every single team. And so I was convinced I was the least athletic human on the planet. And I honestly, I feel like I was defeated in the moment, but I hadn't found anything that I felt like I was really good at. And so because I wasn't attached to it, I kind of was like, oh, well, I guess it's not basketball. Oh, well, I guess it's not soccer. And for people ask me all the time, like, what what enabled you to keep going? And I think why I kept trying out for those teams is I had pretty amazing environmental conditions in the fact that I am so close with my siblings and there's four of us total. Um, And so I have two older sisters and one younger brother and they've just created the most amazing um, support network for me. My eldest sister, she actually would create these siblings days for us because she was eight years older than I was. And I thought it was so cool when she was 18 and I'm 10 years old and she wants to hang out with me. And she plans these fun siblings day with none of my parents, just the four of us. Like it's the best day of my life as a 10 year old. And I think because I had them, they were so important to me. I had this sense of belonging. I had this unwavering love and support that I honestly, I don't think I realized at the time, but I really think that that provided me a sense of security that I'm so grateful for and a sense of support and love that I'm so grateful for that I was able to kind of fall down on my face multiple, multiple, multiple times. And until, you know, going through the ninth grade at the very end of it, I haven't made one team, not even one. And it's rolling into the final parts of the year. And in gym class, a high school teacher saw me run over to the ball, get there, do nothing with it. just completely like zero skill, kicked it probably somewhere random and then ran away again. And that high school teacher who saw this, he's like, you should come up for the track team. He's like, I want to teach you how to hurdle. I was like, dude, I already got cut from every single team at this school. Like, you don't want me on your team. And he was like, no, no, no. I think, like, I just saw you accelerate. And I think I could teach you how to, how to run hurdles. And so I went out for the team. And within a few months, we actually made my very first national team, which was the World Youth Championships that was happening in Marrakesh, Morocco. And so I suddenly got this, like, incredible world experience traveling over to Marrakesh, Morocco, competing for my country. And I was like, oh. I guess I'm kind of good at this. <laughs> and that's when I suddenly was like, okay, I'm going to be two fleet in on track and field. And that high school teacher, like my goodness, I owe that man my life. Like he changed the course and direction 
that I was on and we're still connected to this day. Like he's invited to my wedding. Like he's a big part of my life. And that high school teacher and I stayed court coach and athlete for nine years until we made the Olympics together, which is pretty unheard of for your high school teacher to become your Olympic coach. <laughs> yeah, that, that's super cool. And in a sport like 400 meter hurdles, you, you, it's very easy to measure like how fast you run, right? And how does that affect you in training? Because we all we all want to see improvement, and and in a race that's four hundred meters, not that much time, so it's hard to cut off time, right? And how does that uh, how does that affect an an athlete and a human being measuring yourself that much? So you're right that track and field, like milliseconds matter and you can train your butt off for like a whole year, months and months running till you make yourself sick. Like you're in the gym every day, like four hours, like on the track, in the weight room, physio treatments, like doing all the stuff only to by the end of the year, improve by 0.3 of a second. Yeah. But I think it's all a matter of perspective because I know that 0.3 of a second is a big deal because the changes are so minute and like a small improvement like that, when you are at really high, um, like when you're at a threshold now where like early on in your career, you make leaps and bounds up the mountain because your development isn't as refined. But as you get closer and closer to like, what is your peak level? Those improvements are quite small. And so I think it's about understanding the perspective of like, okay, yeah, it makes sense that I'm no longer improving by entire seconds because I'm, I'm at a really high level. Like I'm, I'm now competing at the times that the best in the world are only a second apart. So I can't keep improving one second every year or I'm probably doping. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I think like I actually loved the measurement to the degree that it was because there's very few things that you can measure so microscopically that from yesterday to today, you know, you got 0.1 of a second better, you know, like right now it's like, you might be better off as a um, podcast host. You might've improved since yesterday, but can you really measure it from yesterday to today? Not as well as I can measure how quickly I got faster. Like, and so while it's challenging to have a measuring stick and like a microscope, microscope over your development, it's also like the best thing ever. Because it's like, I can see every single day that I'm taking steps forward. And so I loved being able to measure. I'm actually like nervous now that I've just retired just a year ago. I'm like, man, like, I can't measure anything else like that. Like, what else? Like, how can I bring this, it's hard. this same system to something else, you know? So, um, yeah, I loved the measuring that my, that closely. Yeah, I bet. And uh... Sarah, I study success and I want to redefine success and the definition of success in, I feel like most of us look at success as performance, but mm -hmm. I, I also want to incorporate happiness. So I'm, I'm curious, does performance lead to happiness? So I love that. And I love that you're on a mission to change the definition of success because I feel similarly. Um, so I'll answer this kind of long-windedly as I have done this whole time, but uh, so remind it. me if I don't answer your question, re-ask me. Sarah, this is, um, this is 
honoring your journey. The the yeah. more I'm quiet, the better it is. <laughs> no. Um, so I end every single keynote I do, every single time. This is my like token line. Like I want this internet, I want this this quote to be like an internet sensation where it says like said by Sarah Wells. You know? <laughs> In a perfect world, this t- really catches on. It becomes a classic. But I finish every single keynote with hard work doesn't always lead to success, but being resilient will always lead to another opportunity for it because we're not always going to get that outcome. As hard as you try, you can do all the right stuff. You can deserve it. You can earn it. You can like should have, would have all the things, but that doesn't mean you're going to get that outcome. And so hard work doesn't always lead to success. But being resilient will always help you find the next opportunity for it. Because no matter what the thing is, I have no doubt, even if you didn't get it, you can still pick the lessons learned and pick them up and apply them over here for that next opportunity. And so as long as you are willing to get back up, to look for the next opportunity, to ask for help where you need it, to be able to get back on your course, well, then you're always going to find the next opportunity for success because the things that do allow you to achieve the times where you do get the thing, where you do achieve success, it's not the success moment that makes you have stronger sense of belief or feel more accomplished. It's not the actual outcome. It's the action that took place ahead of that, that you were disciplined, you were determined, you were resilient, you were courageous, you were positive, like whatever those character traits are that enabled that. That's really what you need. And so for me, success isn't defined by achievements. Success is defined by actions. And I encourage everyone, like my, I now run a youth organization called the Believe Initiative. And the Believe Initiative helps people build self-belief through action. Because I know that's how you build self-belief. Like it's not about just accomplishing and achieving and, and getting the outcome. But it's about what actions can you take so that you can say, oh, I did that. I was the person who embodied that experience. Like I was the person who can clearly push past, overcome, find a way. And even if I didn't get the thing, I can still be that person again for the new pursuit I'm on. And so the Believe Initiative has now impacted over 120,000 people who have built what I call Believe Passion Projects that help them connect a passion they have a problem they want to solve, and they use that passion to solve that problem and build self-belief through action. And so redefining success for me is like, how can we help more people simply just take action so that they can see what they're capable of, so that they can see that, that this, there's so much more to the pursuit of a big goal than getting the outcome. And I think by enabling the opportunity to find those things, to connect passions you have, like things you love to do, to helping serve other people, whether that's like local community problems, greater global problems, um, you can really build that sense of self-belief and redefine what success looks like. Wow. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps because I think we all as athletes or any human being, you come to a road, uh, what's it called? A crossroad in your life mm-hmm. and you have to make a decision and actually look at what your is your actions in alignment with what you're saying that you want? And I think that mm-hmm. is, if you're listening to this right now, we hear it all the time. I want to do this. I want to do that. But 
are you actually doing it or do you just like the idea of of doing it right right um and it's hard especially if you've dedicated your life to something to such such a long time it's hard to find mm-hmm. find that new new route and um, but i'm glad that you had that moment that you were had you had something else that took over a lot of a lot of people mm-hmm. don't have that they have to find yeah. that again you were in a good position which which i i really like and uh, i know you got to go so i have one final question to you mm-hmm. and then we'll let you go uh, for people that are listening to this show and um, now my phone is calling <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm not even going to look and i put it on sleeping mode so i know right so apparently it's just not working today <laughs> it's not working yeah uh, so final question for people that actually have listened and stayed the full course here and want to create an impact in their own life what would be the first step they can do right after this show ask for help whatever that goal is that you have in mind whatever obstacle you're facing or the thing you're like i wish i could do this but this is in the way or i have this dream that i want to get here now as soon as you pick whatever that thing's going to be obstacle you need to get by or what goal you now want to set, think of three people that might know something about achieving that thing or about overcoming that obstacle. And then go ask them for help. Paint them the picture of like, this is what I'm headed. This is why I want to do it. This is what I want to know about getting there. What, what can you share with me? Because just by finding that mentor or guide or person that can just offer a little bit of assistance, allow you to fast forward your ability to get to that dream like well beyond what you ever thought possible and for me like if we think back to the beginning that coach who saw me in high school and said you need to do track and field like that coach believed in me before I ever believed in myself my niece is three years old and clearly has her like gotten a hold of the phone and I don't know how to turn it off so I really apologize to everyone <laughs> no, no worries no worries we- <laughs> I hope you you guys got got the message and uh, you know this this is life we're all going to be distracted all the time but we just yeah. have to kindly don't be hard on yourself kindly take yourself back to the moment right and thank you so much Sarah Wells uh, before I let you go if people want to connect with you where's the best place you can go to sarahwells.ca. Um, if you Google Sarah Wells Olympian, you'll find my name anyways, but uh, sarahwells.ca or to hear more about my youth organization, go to believeinitiative.com. It's a lot of vowels, so be careful. <laughs> but <laughs> sarahwells.ca and believeinitiative.com. And on Instagram, I'm sarahwells400mh, like Sarah Wells 400 meter hurdles. Awesome. And thank you guys for being here. And one thing that I did not mention, but I really love with Sarah is something that she said in one of her speech and that was change i can't to i can't yet uh, so i think that's the message for today check us out at ilovesuccess.co more than 200 episodes with amazing people i want to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams the only way i can do that is that you help me so share this show and let's spread the love spread the message thank you so much and talk to you soon